This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to give you some really, really good information straight from the people that work in our local market. And uh, we can give you all the, the good information that will help you make good informed decisions. Um, and you'll become a winner in the real estate market. Uh, to help me with that today, I have a couple of guests here in the studio. Um, known them a long time. Craig Barton of Valley Wide Homes. Morning, Don. Good morning. And it's ERA Valley, ERA Valley Wide, Wide Homes. Homes. Yes, sir. So ERA is a franchise? Yes, it, it's a franchise. We just we purchased the franchise and just rolled it out January of this year. All right. That's why it seems new to me. Yeah. <laughs> still Valley Wide Homes. Nothing else has changed. All right. Your address is still the same, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And along with Craig, we have Norm Shandell of Valley Wide Homes Property Management. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. And that's something we're going to get into today is property management. Uh, what it's all about, that would involve investment property. And investors have always been a part of of the real estate market. They've always been a, I, I, I'm without any specific statistics, I'm gonna say 20 to 25% of the purchasers out there are investors. Yeah. And that pr helps provide homes for those who aren't purchasing, that are renters. So uh, property management's really important. And, um, since I have a little experience in it, I'm going to come up with some intriguing questions for you. <laughs> Good, bring it on. I, I'm going to try to learn something That's what today. We're here for. <laughs> After 40 some years, I'm going to try to learn what am I doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But first, I want to remind everybody out there about the Homewards Essay Contest. You might learn a lot by listening to Welcome Home Radio, but I tell you what, you're going to learn what a home really means by listening to the children as they write a 150-word essay on what a home means to them. So from a child's perspective. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And we got wow. a bonus question in there this year. Um, what I'm most proud of in my home. And that one I really like because pride in a home, whether you're renting, buying, or sharing, right. is pride is uh very important and it's a great way to teach the children absolutely you can drive down any block in any neighborhood and and see visibly who takes pride in their home and who doesn't yeah yeah and um that that's really something and i i had an experience one time there was a row of seven homes that were all in disrepair even even the weeds in the yard were in disrepair. <laughs> All seven of them. That takes effort, right? Yeah. I saw one home right in the middle started to, uh, they redid things. They they remodeled. They, they took care of the yard. Today, all seven of those homes are mint condition. Wow. Really? So, yeah. That's good. What a turnaround. Absolutely. All right. Um, 
I have a question for you on investor purchases. Mm -hmm. So, Craig, you, you've been a broker for oh, 25 years yep. or more? Yep, yep. All right. All here in Fresno. All here in Fresno, yep. Born and bred, raised here, yep. Why, why should somebody buy a rental home? In other words, what are the advantages of, of purchasing an investment property, right? That's a good answer to my so, question. Yeah, <laughs> good answer. <laughs> well, I, I think the first thing, and this is more of a 10,000-foot uh, view, is creating a legacy. Uh, creating a legacy, obviously there's some advantages, some distinct advantages, but creating a legacy um, as far as your people, your family are concerned. I think that's one of the, is if you do it right and you do it early enough, you've got something that can actually be, as far as wealth is concerned, transferred um, to your estate, to your heirs. And I think that's absolutely so critical. You know, you yourself, we were talking before we came on the air and you've got 11 properties. Um, that is something that's massive and a great way to accumulate wealth and generate income for not only you and your wife, but also your heirs at some point down the road. So the distinct advantages up front, yes, it, it takes effort. You know, stats say that roughly about 30% of all investment properties are managed by a property manager. That means 70% is self-managed, which is super interesting because in Australia, did you know that 80% of the investment properties are managed by property management companies. 20% is not. So their mindset in Australia is very, very different. Um, here in the States, obviously there's some distinct tax advantages. You're able to depreciate the property over time. I'm not a tax professional, um, but I know just enough to be dangerous. Um, you're able to depreciate the property over a schedule, which is great. Um, you're also able to, let's say at some point in time, if that property appreciates enough, you're able to, and you've got equity, and you want to trade up or trade to a different property, you're able to complete a 1031 tax-deferred exchange, which is massive. You, there's no, you know, typically um, capital gains tax is roughly about, obviously there's a complicated equation that's the experts use in order to determine what your tax could be, but you're able to roll that tax-free from one investment property to another investment property and basically you forego your tax obligation to at whatever point down the road that you actually touch the monies. So in a 1031 exchange you don't touch the money it goes to the facilitator yeah, and that's what absolutely. makes it tax deferred or tax, tax free. deferred exactly tax deferred exactly best way to put it. Yeah so interesting way to um improve your portfolio of homes mm -hmm. absolutely without having to pay taxes because a rule of thumb that my cpa gives me uh and by the way he told me i am a tax tax expert because <laughs> <laughs> he said that to him I'm he sure. said you pay plenty of taxes oh. <laughs> you better be an expert yeah. <laughs> oh that's good um so rule of thumb is about one-third goes to taxes right. once you sell the property and you touch the money right absolutely yeah and that's federal and state correct combined um all right so i like what you say about creating a legacy because that goes beyond um one's life absolutely that, that goes to your your kids and grandkids absolutely. um when i first did this 
I was young. I was 24 years old, and I worked with this analytics guy. And he was saying, you know, I've got it all penciled out. There's no way in the world Social Security will still be alive when we're 65. (laughs) So you got to create your own retirement income. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's the one who came up with this idea for us to do. He never did it. I did it, though. Right. And um, today I can say he was right. What a blessing that he helped show show you the way. In other words, to give you the courage to or, you know, at least help to give you some perspective that you actually did it. Yeah. A lot of people want to, but don't. And uh, this was back at a time when interest rates were 14%, mm-hmm. 15%. Um, my first one was a 12.5% rate, which was a variable. Right. Uh, otherwise, it would have been 14. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, right. Rents weren't very high. Uh, so negative cash flow was just something you had to had to figure it was commonplace right? commonplace right Absolutely. so what's the market like now because you know you got interest rates in the sevens or i guess for an investor probably be in the eights absolutely yeah um can that still so-called pencil out yeah i i think in certain instances it absolutely can but you know like anything else the, the devil's in the details as far as the numbers are concerned um, and uh, rents are absolutely strong, super, super strong here in the Central Valley. So that helps in a big way. Mm-hmm. You know, and something else you got to remember, too, and, and you might be a little bit in the negative the first year or at least a break even, which would be a great thing. But with the proper property management, year by year, that's going to be decreasing and your the pendulum's going to swing the other way because – the rents will be raised annually, the rents, you know, and all this kind of stuff. The, later on, when the interest rates drop, it's an easy refinance to, to save money in that regard, too. Right. Date the rate, marry the home. Yeah. Or marry the investment. Yeah. There you go. And, and I'm going to back you up on that, Norm, because I know the, the first uh, few years that I had investment property, I had to look at it as a forced savings account. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, every month I had to put a hundred bucks, or in one case, two hundred dollars, every month into it just to cover the difference between my mortgage, which was up at twelve and a half, versus the rental income. Now, fortunately, interest rates went down. I was able to uh, uh, refinance, and I think on that particular home, my last interest rate was five and a half before it got paid off. Wow. Wow. So. Uh, and of course, rents did eventually go up. So now it's sitting good. Right. Yeah. Good thing I had that forced savings account. Right. <laughs> and the discipline to stick with it. It, it uh, does take discipline over a over a period of time. Yeah. In my case, it wasn't discipline. It was stubbornness. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good too. <laughs> I was too stubborn to lose and admit I was wrong. Because <laughs> those right. first few years, I did. I thought, oh man, this was. What did my buddy get me into? Man, this is not right. very smart. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, now do you manage single-family residences and apartments or just one or the other? We manage it all. We, we have uh, commercial units, office building. We have a lot of single-family units. We have six-plexes. We have 15-plexes. Yeah, we'll... We'll take a look at just about anything you have. All right. 
And when we get back from our first commercial break, I do want, I have a lot of questions set up for you on property management and what all is involved. And I'm going to take some of it from the owner's perspective, some of it from the tenant's perspective. Good. So yeah. stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Craig Barton and Norm Shandell, both of Valley Wide Homes, ERA Valley Wide Homes. Norm runs the property management division. I guess it's a division there or? Um, actually, separate company. But totally separate company. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, as our intro music said, put me in coach. Why should someone put you in? Why? What's the benefits to having a property manager and just rather than just doing it yourself? We can do stuff that proper or that that owner managers have a very hard time doing. When uh, like Susie, taking the emotion out of it, absolutely. <laughs> right. When Susie home renter, um, her car breaks down and she comes to you as an owner with a sob story, and you're going to say, "Okay, Susie, well, just do the best you can and stuff." Well. Um, we we don't have those kind of emotions. You hire us to be the bad guy in a lot of cases. Uh, you hire us to be the hard nose and to take care of your properties in a way that you can't do it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and those are the those are the the darker side of property management, if you will. But it's a very real fact, you know, because once uh, a lot of tenants start to get behind, there's never a catch up. I learned that one a long time ago. Uh, one of my mentors taught me that. He said, do the tenants a favor. Don't let them get too far behind because they're going to dig a hole right. that they can't get out of, and then they got to leave. Right. So, right. Another big thing that we, we uh, do that it has a hard time for uh, owners to do is to absolutely raise the rents. Um, mm -hmm. We just took on a, a new complex now. And there are rents that haven't been raised in over six years. You know, some of these tenants are still paying, I think the one was just over $600 for one, and it hasn't been raised in six years. And when you, when you factor in this complex, it's 15 units, uh, we did the math on it, and it's costing the owner $25,000 a year in lack of raised rents. And what's important to note there as well is that people don't understand. I had a, an owner bring me a, six, a sixplex and an eightplex that he needed to sell. Um, and there was a disconnect between uh, on two different fronts. The first one was making sure that you keep the golden goose fed. And that's kind of an analogy for making sure that you stay on top of the property as far as um, if there's things that need to be done in order to bring it up to standard or if uh, the, the uh, AC goes out in one of the units or something like that, that it's going to cost money. Um, second thing is, is protecting your investment. You know, the buzzword or the buzz term is cap rate. And when you say cap rate, it, it, it applies on single family, but um, it really doesn't apply as much. It's a good measuring stick until you get into the commercial space. So five units and plus and people understanding that 
If you want a great cap rate, which a cap rate is a representation of your net operating income divided by a perceived value. Well, if you at some point down the road, you want to sell that property, your cap rate better be good. And you cannot be in a position where you're, you're under renting or you're, you're asking for under market rents as far as those units are concerned, but still expect the moon when it comes time for selling that property, because all in and, and if do yourself a favor, make sure that your tenants are paying market rents and that it's not one of those just, oh, man, I really I, you know, I, I love them. They've been such good tenants. There is something to be said for that. However, though, it is an investment and it is business. And it's important that you understand when it comes time for selling, you could be hamstringing yourself because you've you've been charging under market rents, which will be reflective of the valuation and what kind of cap rate that you're able to get. And, right. and just to piggyback on that too, like we, we had mentioned that once the tenants start to get behind, it's very difficult for them to catch up. Once an owner gets way behind on his rents, it's very difficult now in California to, for them to just to catch up real quick and get back to market value because we are a rent control state. So there's only a certain percentage you can raise it every year. And that's something else that property management will do is, is first of all, we're on top of the laws and on top of what you can and can't do, whereas owners might want to go in there strong arm and get themselves in a lot of legal trouble. You must have read my notes because uh, <laughs> later on, I do want to talk about a lot of the new laws here in California and how they impact. Uh, rentals. But I also want to go back to something we said earlier about you don't let the tenant dig a hole too deep, but don't let them get too right. far behind because they'll never get out of it. Well, Craig kind of answered it from a different perspective. If the owner digs a hole too deep, they may, they are, they're going to have trouble getting out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. It, and um, it also gives a false reality to the tenant whoever that is that's paying $600 a month, um, boy, they better be putting a lot of that away in savings. Absolutely. Be, because that that's a gift. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It shapes their perspective because when it comes time, if for whatever reason they end up leaving that property and they get out there and they realize, oh, shoot, it's actually 1100 bucks that I should have been paying. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a it's a drastic change in their landscape as far as their reality is concerned, what their housing costs are going to go up to. And those tenants aren't going to leave. So they're trapped in that home. Maybe, maybe it's a one bedroom apartment at $600, but now they want to buy a home, a three bedroom, two baths somewhere, expand their, uh -huh. their uh, family life. In a way they're trapped because now they're leaving a false reality and going to the new reality of this is what it costs to to move not only just that, not only in a purchase but if they want to upgrade in to a bigger apartment maybe they have a, a child or two and and now they have to go from that one bedroom to a two or a three reality says at that point they're going from that 600 to 800 whatever they whatever the rents are so far behind on to a current market where it might be fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars, <laughs> and all of a sudden they get slapped in the face with reality there too. Yeah, and from the owner's perspective, um, 
you know, their costs have really gone up in the last five or six years. Mm -hmm. uh, any improvements that need to be made? I, I had two homes, same floor plan, so the same window sizes. On, on one of them, I decided to upgrade and put brand new dual pane windows in. This is two years ago, mm -hmm. and it cost me $6,000. I got a bid for another one just a few months ago, $9,800. Wow, yeah. Same yeah. contractor, same window sizes, everything, $9,800. So, um, That's inflation. That sure is. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Right. But shouldn't inflation be in rents also? That's just a thought. Yeah, just and they have been. Honestly, Fresno was way behind the state, and they're still behind the state on how much you can get. But uh, over the last few years, they have risen dramatically on what you can get in rents. Why is that? That's a good question. Rent, uh, Fresno is a great rental market. There's a lot of people uh, that are looking for places to rent. It's... it's uh, I don't know. I can't give you an honest answer on that. Maybe Craig, you might be able to chime in a little bit on that. Um, I heard I heard this one from a rent-controlled property manager in Santa Monica. She said the reason rents are so high in Santa Monica it be, is they've had rent control for forty years. That's well, that sounds kind of an oxymoron, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she said no because every year we have to take what they give us. It's only like 2% a year, but for 40 years, every year they take that and that pushes it up despite what the market is. The market might be down, but they're still gonna raise it 2%. Oh, wow. So yeah. rent control seemed to be a um, unintended consequence. Right. The unintended consequence is it raised rents. Because that that landlord had to right, or the I'm going to call it a housing provider, not a landlord. Sounds better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, all right, and then you know as we come up into the next segment, we're also going to talk a lot about the the new laws that are out there that are, are impacting a lot of this. Um, a, a question though, before we go to break, and why is the Central Valley so affordable e even though rents have gone up because if we compare it to santa monica san francisco mm -hmm. this is a uh, it's cheap here it is and we we have a housing shortage in a lot of ways in in the rental market um but fresno and the central valley has characteristically been behind the rest of the state in prices of homes in in the rental market and everything else so uh, you know, that's a, that's a good observation, but, uh, it will take time for it to catch up mm -hmm. if it ever does. I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't think that Fresno will ever catch up with San Francisco and the Bay area and those kind of places, LA, as far as what we're collecting in rents, but it's a great investment area because of the demand for what we have out there. And I know on the sales side, the Fresno is way behind, um, the other, uh, the rest of the state right uh the median sold price for the whole state of california is eight hundred and fifty thousand. right yeah. here in fresno we're right around four hundred thousand. Yep. yeah and keep in mind that 850 
includes Fresno. So we're dragging yeah. it down. <laughs> w- without us, maybe it would be 950. Well, it's probably much the same in the rental market, though, too. It's the same reflection. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to. I remember in the uh, Bay Area, uh, I was taking a lift across town and I was sharing it with another another driver because I'm cheap and it was cheaper. But um, he got a phone call. He was so excited because he got a studio apartment for only $3,000 a month. Wow. You know, and I told him, I said, man, you should come to Fresno and see what you can get and rent for $3,000 a month. It'll include a pool and a gardener and everything else. <laughs> and right? a golf course. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that was in San Francisco? That was in San Francisco. And he was thrilled to death to get it. So here's the impact of, of um, rent control. So I have a relative who lives in San Francisco in a studio apartment and pays $950 a month rent right now. Wow. Because she's been there forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the owner it, of that is just hoping for, for to high hope that she's going to move out. Right. So that they can, because that's when the owner can catch up real fast. Yeah. Right. And, and so th- actually, is it not true now that uh, guy you talked to paying 3000 is they're paying a higher amount to help subsidize the lower amount from the other person. Absolutely, yeah. Crazy how regulations work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and by the way, the same relative is the one who uh, considered herself trapped by rent control. Oh, my word. She called herself a prisoner of rent control because she said it makes no sense to move, even yeah. though... She could afford a bigger place in a studio apartment. Right. Yeah. With these thoughts, we are going to go to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, uh, on our Valley's Most Informative Real Estate Talk Show. And here in the studio, we have Norm Shandell, a property manager with Valley Valleywide Property Management. Valleywide Homes Property Management. Yeah. I can't forget the homes. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Craig Barton, who is the broker of Valleywide Homes. And you also have a, a lending company there, too. Is yeah, that right? Absolutely. Yep. So you got property management, lending, and real estate. Yes, sir. All right. Um, that ought to keep you busy. Yeah, it does. It does for sure, Don. Absolutely. Especially paying attention to new laws that come out. You know, we ha- may have a new law that comes out on the sale of a home. There's certainly always new regulations and laws on lending and a lot on property management. Absolutely. So how, how do you stay up on all this stuff? You just, you got us, you got to read the circulars you got to uh, stay on top of it with car and what they're doing and how it's uh, how it's impacting the market um, you know I mean there's some there's some major laws that have come out in the last few years that that protect tenants uh, a lot more than they do uh, property owners so with that you know in the property management business uh, that's another reason why property management is worth their weight in gold if they're if they're staying on top of stuff. I was just going to say that. That in itself is a reason to hire a property manager rather than try to do it yourself because you got to stay up on this stuff. Absolutely. 
Yeah. You can get in a lot of trouble if you violate tenants' rights. So tell us about some of these tenant rights um, laws and regulations that are impacting us. A couple of the real big ones are, we touched on a little bit, is, is we're now a rent control state. There's only so much you can raise the rents now. Uh, it used to be that you could raise the rents in one big fell swoop, and, and we just can't do that anymore. Uh, you know, and if they're in housing, uh, such as Section 8 and housing assistance programs, uh, those laws impact in other ways, too. There's only certain charts you can go off of and only certain amounts you can, you can charge for uh, different sized units, depending on how big it is. Uh, so, you know, you, you've got to know those things. You've got to be able to stay on top of that. Mm -hmm. So what does rent control in California mean? That is, I guess, the state's way of keeping it affordable for the tenants. Uh, it, and it can work in favor of the of the owners also, as long as it's being kept up on top of. Uh, you know, you can, uh, you can only raise the rent so much, but you are also on the other side, you are allowed to raise the rents X amount also, you know, if on the owner's side. So if you are, uh, keeping up and, or your property management company is keeping up on the rents for you, like they should be, you're going to be doing well with your investment, mm -hmm. uh, because we can keep it up. If, the property management, like the one that we talked about a little while ago at, at $600 a month, it's going to take forever. Unless that tenant moves out, it's going to take forever to get the rents back up to market value because of the rent control laws. Mm -hmm. I, I've got to tell you a personal experience I have. I have a really excellent, excellent tenant that's lived in a home for over 20 years. Uh -huh. I did not raise her rents for 18 years. Wow. So, yes. It, I want to rent from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and then the Rent Stabilization Act comes in in 2020. Right. And so I thought, oh, I better start raising them. It kind of poked the bear. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I've been raising it. But now, remember, I started off with she is an excellent, excellent tenant. So and that means a lot. Absolutely. So she's requested uh, new paint inside, new flooring, and she's going to get it mm -hmm. because I can afford it now. If we were back at the old rent, by uh -huh. the time I pay the mortgage, the property taxes, the insurance, uh, property management fees, all that stuff, I, I may not have been able to afford it. So, um, right. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of allows a free market, kind of allows for freedom of choice. And why would I not choose to keep her happy? Right. It's but at the same time, you know, you can, you can go in with those great tenants and you don't have to bump the rent eight or 9%. Bump it two or 3%. Uh, take care of them, but take care of yourself at the same time. You yeah. Know, and that's I, one thing we do in, in, and we work alongside the owners. Before I do any drastic rent raises, I'm in touch with that owner and talking to them about it. You know, and some, some owners will want to do it maybe every other year and not every year. You know, so we, we try and stay in close touch with the owners 
to work alongside them. Right. I, I think what I was going to piggyback on that, Norm, was you have to be really super careful as an owner that you don't, and, and I think you mentioned it earlier, Don, that you don't paint yourself into a hole or paint yourself into a corner because um, uh, you don't stay on top of those incremental increases that you have the ability to. Like you mentioned in Santa Monica, it, it f almost forced them to. You know, yes, it might have been two percent, and yes, that's not a lot, but it also it helps their rhyme and their reason. You know, you don't get you don't want to get behind the eight ball and not increase those rents, and then all of a sudden you're really under market. And if you're talking multi units five plus, and you start bringing in cap rate, well, your investment is going to is not going to fare as well in the eyes of other right. investors because you haven't stayed on top of it. You know, and this isn't. And I'm sure there's people that are listening that might say, well, you know, this that's a that's kind of a greedy approach um, to to take. Well, yes and no. I mean, it is business. It is business. This is your life savings. Your like we said, we touched on your legacy that you're going to leave your kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and and you want to give the best representation to your kids when it's time that you can. And it's also good business because absolutely, if, if the income is capped you can only raise it so much however expenses aren't right insurance has certainly gone up a lot right right uh, taxes go up uh, the cost of maintenance and repairs that all goes up uh, if a fence blows down I, I mean that's twice as much as it was five oh, years yeah, ago absolutely right? yep. yeah so you you don't want to pinch out that housing provider or squeeze them out because then they're going to say, huh, I think I'll go invest in, uh, I'll take my money and invest in something else. And now you don't have a very nice neighborhood anymore because right. the, the properties aren't kept up. Right. You don't want it discouraging owners, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately when the day is done, you know, it's intended to protect the consumer, protect the tenants. Uh, or you know the laws are but you also don't want to squeeze those owners out there you go in a free market won't right that's right a regulated market well that is squeezing yeah that is <laughs> there is some it's squeeze like there. a hose right you squeeze that hose right you don't have a normal flow right i don't know if that was a good analogy but, <laughs> but it is what came off the top of my my mind um okay there's another new law out there called just cause eviction. Right. Um, and to me, I think the legislators got it wrong by calling it an eviction when yet it was, they're just saying you can't, uh, when a lease expires, it terminates, but yet they're, they're, they're saying if the uh, owner won't uh, renew it, that's uh -huh. an eviction. I always thought evictions were for when you didn't pay your rent and they had to evict you. Right, right. There's several different kinds of evictions, but the just cause, uh, that's kind of a touchy one also, and that was another one of the biggies. Uh, you can't just get rid of a tenant anymore like you used to be able to and just not renew and tell them to leave. Um, they're protected a lot more than they used to be in that. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have a tenant... Uh, methodically over over years destroy a place and uh it's it's still extremely difficult even at that to get rid of them 
and get them out of that house. Uh, that Again, that's another place where property management can come in and take care of it for you. Um, you know, we, we get inside of a, every unit at least once a year. And if we know that we have kind of a problem tenant, we get inside of it a lot more so we can stay and d give them the proper notices to make sure that they take care of things, uh, stuff like that. When you say you get inside of it, what do you, what do you look for? We, we'll get inside and we look for, to make sure, one of the huge things is the, the tenants go in there and the first thing they do when they move into place is take the smoke detectors and CO2 detectors down because they burn their food a lot and they keep going off and it's irritating. Uh, well, by law, that's going to go back on the property owner, not right. on the tenant. And so we, we can go in there and check the uh, smoke detectors, the CO2 detectors. We can make sure that the filters in the air conditioning are uh, changed properly, stuff like that, which will save you money, a lot of money down the road when that unit burns up because that filter hadn't been changed in the last four years. Right. Uh, so... And, and while we're in there, of course, we're looking at everything in there. You know, um, have they snuck pets in there that they aren't supposed to or not allowed to have? Have they, you know, are they marking on the walls? Are they, you know, taking care of the place? Basic day-to-day -day care of a unit. Or snuck uh, other people in there. Absolutely. Right? That's yeah. a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, little Nancy will, will apply for just her and her little baby and the next thing you know, baby daddy's in there and the cousins are in there and they've got six people in a one bedroom apartment. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's fairly that I won't say it's common, but it's done a lot. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I've seen that. Um, so that's good to do inspections and a tenant should expect that. Absolutely. It, and I, I do have to say it's always amazed me about the smoke detectors, uh, how uh, let's say something on an annual inspection. And so last year you had to go in and put smoke detectors in again because they've been there 10 years, but right. you know, still needed them even though they were there in the first place. Now this year you need them again. What happens to those things? They just kind of disappear, disappear in the wind. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had one where the, uh, uh, housing authority inspector was saying you don't have a smoke detector here in the hallway i was saying well it had to be because you know that law has been in effect for 30 years right mm -hmm. i said and every year we go through this inspection um the tenant goes oh here i think i have one in here pulls she, it out of the drawer in the kitchen or something right there were 11 smoke detectors oh my or word. carbon uh de uh, CO2 CO detectors yeah. in there that those were the ones that were missing the year before <laughs> and the year before that it's their collect their their smoke detector collection right none of them had batteries in them oh yeah. wow so she was using them for the the batteries for the remote controls oh my gosh <laughs> all right with that we do have to go to our next commercial break but stay tuned to welcome home radio 940 kyno looking back i wouldn't Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Norm Shendell and Craig Barton here of ERA Valleywide Homes and Property Management and Lending. You 
Just do it all there. Absolutely. One stop, Don. All right. Janitorial service, too? Uh, we're working on that. <laughs> yes. It's part of our, our maintenance company that we're in the, in the process of forming. Well, I thought as broker owner, you were the janitor well, also. I, you know, for, for years, it's funny you bring that up. Yes, I was for years. And then uh, I was the IT guy. I was when we were smaller. But yeah. All right. Um, so how does one get started in this investment legacy? This, how, how do they get started? Yeah, you know, um, getting started, and, and for a lot of folks, if they knew what what they end up knowing, you know, 10 years down the road, um, they they smack themselves on the head and go, gosh, I, I should have done it a little bit differently. And so with the, the different types of financing that are out there right at the moment, for years, and I'll give you the example of a client, this is literally 25 years ago, um, and this client has turned into a good friend. He also has a property management company, um, is a realtor and so forth in town, uh, but comes to me and wants to get pre-approved and he wanted to buy an investment property. Well, FHA has always allowed, and there's some caveats because there's a, uh, there's a uh, kind of an equation that you have to go through in order to term, determine if it meets HUD's guidelines, but you could purchase a fourplex and still only put three and a half percent down. But it only makes sense, I mean, the first thing is it only makes sense is that if you don't own, own any other real estate, because if you own other real estate, underwriters nationally are going to say, I don't believe it. There, there's nothing that you can say to convince me that you're going to go from a single family um, to a fourplex. But putting 3.5% down is massive. Well, Fannie Mae also now just made some changes recently that um, it's going to mirror the FHA product where you only have to put 5% down on a fourplex. Um, and then you are required in both of those instances, whether it's FHA or conforming financing, you've got to stay in the property for at least one year. But then you transition out of that into a, let's say a single family. Uh, because if you're buying, if you own a single family right at the moment, and then you want to buy a fourplex, you're going to be required to put 25% down period. And most folks, when they're just getting into the market, you know, coming up with cash, and we see it all the time, we see, you know, line up 10 borrowers, and nine of them don't typically don't have sufficient cash that they've saved um, in order to pull that off just on an owner occupied property, let alone a fourplex, if they're trying to, you know, if they need to come up with 25% down. So it's the best way to start. The first thing that you do, the first purchase that you make is try to purchase multiple units. If it's a yeah. duplex, a triplex, a fourplex, live in, the, uh, uh, live in one of the units for one year because it is required. And the lender will check, I say the servicer will check to make sure that you are doing what you said you were, what your intention was that you were gonna do. Um, and, and that's another good point is you don't wanna not move in. You, you absolutely wanna make sure that you move in because they will do occupancy checks and if they find out that you're not residing, that's not where you're laying your head at night, they have the ability to call that loan due and payable. So move mm -hmm. into the property, stay there for a year, and then buy your single family or maybe another investment, you know, another investment property. But keep in mind, single family, it makes more sense to go from units to single family and put the minimum amount of monies down, which would be 5%, um, or... Um, well, it just makes more sense that way. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Because if you're claiming to be an owner-occupant, um, 
the underwriter's not going to believe that you're moving from this massive mansion yeah, into right. a fourplex. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's a great way for a single person, man or woman, or a couple that's just getting started out in life. That's a great way to start their investment pro- portfolio mm-hmm. because they can, they can virtually keep make the payments off the other three that first year they might have to kick in a little bit which is okay that's probably still less than what they would if they did full market rent someplace else right and then after that year now they've got four units that they're collecting money on Mm -hmm. so it's it's a great way to get started in life yeah and going back to the tenant who's paying six hundred dollars a month this is how you get started Pay yourself $1,600 a month, which is probably market rent. Absolutely. Of that $1,600, pay the $600 to the property manager. The other $1,000 goes into your war chest, your savings account, your right. forced savings account. Right, right. Force yourself to do it. Before long, within two years, you got $24,000. Now you've got that 5% down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go out and buy something. Right. right. But Plus... You've gotten it. used to paying sixteen hundred a month. Exactly. Yeah. You get comfortable, or you know, hopefully you get comfortable with it. But but then also in two years, especially in a normally appreciating market. I mean, you know, 2021, we saw appreciation double digits. Correct. Um, twenty twenty two, different story. Now we're single digits in twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, still single digits. But two years, you could miss out on literally, depending upon whatever the property was that you purchased, you could miss out on $25,000, dollars $40,000 in equity just in those couple of years. Right. Okay, little uh, wisdom from you two now. So what about you get some equity in that first property? What about borrowing a, the max out of it to purchase another one? Is that wise? Uh, absolutely. Well, it, the numbers don't lie. And that's what, I, that's what I say to everyone, because when it comes time for sitting down and looking at the numbers and, and determining, does it make dollars and cents? It's what's how much, A, how much money can you expect to get out based upon the balance that you owe, based upon what the property's worth? And then secondarily, what's the price of money? Mm-hmm. What's it going to cost you? Right. And are you able to create sufficient leverage that it makes dollars and cents? And that's not my, that's not our decision to make. It's really the consumer's decision to make. It's to give them the numbers. The numbers don't lie. And then you make the decision. All right. Um, now, what, how does good property management uh, affect property values? We've touched a little bit on this throughout the whole program, but uh, by raising the rents and keeping, if you have multi-units, keeping your cap rates up, uh, by the, the monthly drive-by checks, if the property management company's doing their job right, by getting into the unit uh, consistently, uh, this all affects the value down the road when it's time to sell. Um, so and it'll, it'll maximize your investment, it'll minimize your, your repair costs, and there's always gonna be repair costs, but it'll minimize that greatly because you're uh, taking care of things as they develop and not coming in and putting out a forest fire after it's raging on a lot of these investment properties. So it's gonna maximize your value and, and uh, keep, your, keep your property at maximum value. All right. Um, 
Craig, what do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show? Other than you're just a good-looking dude, Don, well. <laughs> it's on the radio. Nobody's going to believe you. Ah, oh, dang it. Okay. All right. That's why That's why we all have faces for radio, right? There you that's go. That's right. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is is helping to establish perspective. In other words, giving, hopefully we, we were able to give them or whet their appetite with enough information um, that it piques their interest, whether they have investment properties that they're self-managing, um, whether they have uh, investment properties that they're having someone else manage or whether this helps to spark their interest as far as purchasing an investment property and and hopefully we've been able to give them enough information that it kind of wets their uh, wets their whistle and and uh, piques their interest and sparks additional questions that we'd love to be able to answer for them all right thank you norm what do you want our listeners to remember most um that we are truly here to help. Sure, we want to make a living, and that's why we're in business. But first and foremost, we want to help the owner to make wise decisions, informed decisions. Uh, I had an owner call me last night, as a matter of fact, and I don't know that I'm going to be able to help him, but I did tell him absolutely whether I can help him or not. I am going to help him find somebody who can help him. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to do at Valley Wide Homes Property Management. We want to help you as an owner to be able to make the correct decisions and informed decisions. And sometimes information hurts, but that's what we're here for. Okay, we're running out of time, but you made me just think of another question. Okay. All right, who makes the decisions, the owner or the property manager? The owner, in our our management contracts, a lot of times, and the owner can absolutely take this out of the contract, but we always ask for a spending allowance every month, usually two to $300. So if we have a leaky faucet, I can go out and just take care of it and then let the owner know after the fact. But some owners want a zero maintenance limit. So we we honor that too. And they get informed every time something happens. So it's ultimately the owner's decision, although they can give you authority to absolutely. We cater our contracts to the needs of the owner. All right. They are not set in stone. Well, I want to thank both of you for coming in today and enlightening our listeners out there. Hopefully, uh, even if you don't plan on being a property manager or, or, or an owner of an investment property, you'll understand that side of it. And, and also, we understand the side of the tenant, too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is two sides. Time. Actually, it's three sides, you know, between the management, the tenant and the owners. All right. And thank you to all our listeners. We'll be back again next week. Thank you.